And we are back. Phil Williams, Right Side Radio. Solid conservative. Just plain right. Moving all over the northern part of the state of Alabama. I'm talking about we are down south of Birmingham, up north of Huntsville, Tuscaloosa, back to Gaston, parts of Georgia, Tennessee, and Mississippi, thrown in just for good measure. Hey, um, we're in the 118th Congress. I know the phones are already ringing. Text lines are open, too, by the way. 833-687-4448 is the number. 833-68-RIGHT. That's the way we work it. 833-68-RIGHT. So, yeah, if you want to call or text in, you are welcome to it. Uh, we're going to start diving, diving right in here to the 118th Congress. The 118th Congress is convening next week. What's going to happen? What are they bringing to the table? Who are they? And uh, what will they do when they get there? Uh, Boomer, if you got a call for me, I'll take that before I jump into my topic. I'll, I'll be glad to real quick. Is that uh, line one? Yeah. Sparky from Har- Is it Sparky? Yep. Sparky from Harvest. How you doing, man? Hey, happy Friday and happy almost new year to you and Boomer. Great show. Great topics. Thank you, sir. Uh, very excited. Very excited to see some fresh new blood. Hopefully new attitudes and new energy instead of same old, same old. Uh, typical mainstream Republican play along to get along to get along to roll over and give the Democrats whatever they want. I think I think these elderly these elderly geriatric people like uh, Nancy Pelosi and Mitch McConnell and and others they hang on so long because power power and money is so seductive yeah. and it can make you feel young and vital because people around you become sycophants because you know. Flies are attracted to the whatever in the middle there, and 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 they, and they just they just feel alive, raking in all that all that money from insider training and insider deals and connections. But it's 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 seductive. Power is an aphrodisiac, and that's why even a fossil like Nancy Pelosi has hung on for so long. She can't put a coherent sentence together. But but there it is. Uh, my blessings and. Hope for a bright future with this 118th Congress. Well, I, I appreciate it, Sparky, and thanks for your earlier comments, too. And uh, and I'll tell you this. I think one other thing I would add to your comments, I think there are also plenty of times when people stay there so long that it becomes their identity, and they don't know who they are if they're not an elected official. I've seen that in Montgomery, even. Uh, it's sad, but it's true. Well, it becomes their identity. I'm, I'm lucky in that I've never identified with my job in my career. I, I worked my last day ever today. I'm retiring today. Hey, and, congratulations. Uh, Hit that applause there, Boomer. Hit the applause. Here we go. Yeah. Sparky, retiring. Congratulations, man. But I'm 63 and a half, and I, I still don't know what I want to be when I grow up. You know what I mean? <laughs> I do. Uh, there, there are adventures. There's learning. There's growing. There's continue, continuing education. I'm just so excited to... Maybe figure it all out. I want to be—I want to be as good a person as my daughter and granddaughter are because they're so flipping awesome, and they're the future. And uh, again, back to the hope for the future. We can only wish for a, a, a great and happy new year and much better than this this complete horrible monstrosity that was uh, 2022. <laughs> good enough. Hey, man, happy new year to you. Congratulations on your retirement. Well earned, and thanks for your service, brother. You too. Thank you, sir. All right, see you. Oh, man. Phones are still ringing. I might not even get to this dipper, and John from Huntsville will let me know if I don't. He already told me that he is praying right now that I can end the year on a high note by getting all three of my dippers. (laughs) And I appreciate it, John. Thank you for your support. Um, 
I tell you what, there's two that I definitely want to get to today. The 118th Congress, which I will get through this thing. It's an important one because uh, I want to talk about it before they arrive in, in office next week. And then the other one, though, is the one uh, sort of taking what John from Huntsville said in his text. I'm going to end on a good note. That's number three on the Triple Dipper. It's ending on a good note. Uh, I've got a series of good news stories, and this show is going to end on a high note uh, with those. Have you got another call, Boomer? Are we good? Nope. All right. Let me do this. I'm going to jump right in here. All right, story, first one broke a little while ago. It was not even one of the stories that I gathered this morning and sent to Boomer. I had to pull it myself a little while ago. Um, McCarthy is apparently, stories are coming out left and right. Uh, story broke here about two hours ago. Kevin McCarthy is allegedly making concessions to the more conservative wing of the Republican caucus to gain their support for his House speakership position. All right, story on CNN is where I pulled this one. Uh, House Republican leader Kevin McCarthy has offered a key concession to critics of, for, of his bid for House speakership during private conversations this week. Here's the concession. One of the rules, by the way, and if you remember, we had a guy on the show two, three weeks ago, Andy Roth, who used to be with the uh, Club for Growth. Now he's with the State Freedom Caucus. Uh, and he he made the point that even if you don't um, get a new speaker, it's it's more important that what you do is change the rules. He said, because the rules are what drives the way things work. And I thought that was a very cogent statement. So the rules, the variety of rules they're looking for, one of which is that they would allow more time before a bill comes to a vote for the members to be allowed to read it. That sounds novel, but there it is. They want the rule. The other one, though, is they, the, the, the Freedom Caucus is holding out, asking for a rule, a change, that would allow them to force a floor vote on getting rid of a sitting Speaker of the House with fewer people required to bring it to a vote. Well, right now, the, the, the majority of the House is required for the motion to vacate the Speaker's chair to be taken up. All right? What they're asking for now, and the concession we're hearing that McCarthy might give, is a five-person threshold, meaning if five members of Congress are willing to get together um, and call for the vote, that they could, they could do it. Now, what that does, and by the way, that's how they got rid of John Boehner. The Freedom Caucus was responsible for that. And then the rule changed. Oh, because it was too easy to get rid of a speaker. So the rule changed to protect a speaker. Well, you don't need to protect a speaker. A speaker needs to do their job. Now, what I don't want to see is the Democrats every single day calling for a new vote, calling for a new vote, calling for a new vote. Because once McCarthy gets in there, whoever it is gets in there, you're going to see Democrats hate what they're doing. Um, there's got to be some decorum in the Congress. But I do believe there should be the ability for them to remove a sitting speaker by calling for a vote on the vacation of the speaker's chair. Right now, what we're hearing is coming in the door. Uh, there may be an agreement in the works that would allow for that threshold to be dropped down as far as five. Uh, the moderates want it to be 50. <laughs> anyway, um, we'll see what happens. So an article here on Washington Examiner's uh, website is, um, is, is the headline reads this, and the story came out uh, yesterday. Republicans enter 2023 divided from within. All right. One thing that I've learned is when you watch the media is headlines are designed to be attention grabbers. I don't think the story talks about as much about division as it does about debate. And I think that's important. It goes back to my monologue a while ago. There has to be the allowance for debate. You have to be allowed to openly say, I see it differently, or here's what you could do better, or uh, I just want to add this piece to it, whatever. But there has to be the ability for healthy debate. If you can't have that, 
then you've got a problem. Well, I think most of what we're seeing right now is, is that the Republicans are debating amongst themselves because they've been out of power long enough to where they want to get in and get it right. And there are different factions within that group that want to see certain things because their version of right is a little bit different than the others who are standing there with them. In the end, I do believe we're going to wind up seeing the Republicans figure it out and they're going to move forward. All right. Um, but there needs to be a debate. Washington Examiner says Republicans are entering the new year with a seemingly fractured message as lawmakers are split on a myriad of issues ranging from who to select as House Speaker to who should be their 2024 presidential nominee. Uh, no, that's called a primary. Uh, the primary is what it is. Um, uh, I do believe there's some fuss right now about the speakership for the House, but there should be. There should be no cakewalk. There should be no establishment. There should be no um, get out of the way because that person is the heir apparent. I don't mind that Andy Biggs from the Freedom Caucus has stepped up and said, I'll run against McCarthy. And he may never get a chairmanship out of this. He may never. Uh, but then again, uh, it might force some changes to the rules and yay for it. So um, I'm a little bit, Washington Examiner is usually very conservative, but I differ with that headline. I think this is debate, not division. Uh, we'll see. Um, the other things that, that I'll say, too, is, is, is one of the things McCarthy has made very clear is there will be some changes to the Nancy Pelosi era of doing business in the Capitol. First of all, Epoch Times reports that as of um, next week, that assuming that he takes the position, and he's right now he's, he's the person who's expected to, to be most likely the, the next Speaker of the House, that the U.S. Capitol will be fully reopened to the American people. It's been closed for 973 days. That's two years since seven months and 29 days since Pelosi closed things down uh, and, and would not allow uh, opportunity for entry by the general public. Uh, that's got to change. And, and so, you know, it's not COVID anymore. January 6th, the, the insurrection is, is over. Um, and it's time for the people's house to be the people's house again. Well, Kevin McCarthy says that is going to happen. He's already notified uh, the Capitol complex and the uh, Capitol uh, uh, police and that they are, are, are made aware that should he be the speaker, that the doors will be reopened to the American public. Um, the other things that are going to end, which, God, first of all, I get remote work. I know you can do remote work. And depending upon the job, remote work might even be the way it works. You know, you can... You can write editorials and send them into a paper. I get it. But at some point, some offices have to get back to live work. And one of those is Congress. They have been allowing remote hearings and proxy voting forever, for the last two years. That's got to end. Well, McCarthy says that will end. Those, expected to, those procedures are expected to be abolished next week. And, and Congress... Uh, members of Congress will have to wind up coming back to D.C. and doing what they do in the halls of Congress like they're supposed to. So, yay. All right, I got a story here that we're going to come right back to. We'll go ahead and take the break. When we get back, though, I thought that one of the things was important to note is that we're looking at having more veterans in the 118th Congress than ever before. We've literally got 19 new veterans coming in, uh, a mixed bag of, of every one of the branches, male and female and Republican and Democrat. We come right back. I'll tell you who they are, where they're from, and some of what their backgrounds are. Phil Williams, Right Side Radio. Y'all stay tuned. We'll be right back.
And we are back. Phil Williams, Right Side Radio. Solid, conservative, just plain right. Saving the world one soundbite at a time. So the 118th Congress taken over. Um, one of the things that I find interesting, and a lot of you will too, I imagine, knowing this audience, is that there are 19 new veterans coming in, uh, making this the Congress that has the most veterans, I think, ever. Um, 118th Congress will now have a cohort of 97 total veterans, including a couple of historic firsts, Congress's first two black West Point graduates. Um, so this story off of military.com dated yesterday lays them all out there for us. Uh, and it's, by the way, of the 19 new ones, 16 of them are Republicans. Um, two of those guys are, are, are West Point buddies who graduated in the same class, class of 2004. Uh, and they are also the ones that they made note are, um, both uh, black Republican uh, congressmen and graduates of, the, of West Point. Uh, Republican representatives elect Wesley Hunt of Texas and John James of Michigan. I like John James, by the way. I've seen him several times uh, on uh, various newscasts. The guy is just sharp as a tack, man. Um, anyway, they come in having graduated from West Point together. Both were Apache helicopter pilots. Uh, John James uh, served in the Army for eight years, a career that included multiple tours in Iraq as an Apache helicopter pilot. He's a Ranger-qualified aviation officer uh, who also ran for prior office, uh, but he flew 750 combat hours in uh, Iraq. Uh, his buddy uh, Hunt from Texas also served in the Army for eight years as an Apache pilot, one deployment to Iraq, two to Saudi Arabia. Um, he also uh, had run for the House prior, uh, didn't make it. Um, and Hunt, by the way, started his own pack called Hellfire Pack, uh, which is uh, in a nod to his military background and um, and has spoken about needing to diversify the GOP. Well, here they are. Uh, the women who were just recently elected, uh, you got uh, Republican representatives elect Jen Kiggins of Virginia and Anna Paulina Luna of Florida. Um, let's see what Kiggins is a, as a Navy veteran. Um, and then Luna, um, uh, she was, I think she was Army. I'm trying to find it in the article. I just lost that place. I don't see where she says where she was. Um, Kiggins, yeah, Kiggins, uh, yes, uh, Kiggins with Air Force. I'm sorry. Kiggins uh, served in the Virginia State Senate also for the last two years. She was a Navy pilot. And then uh, Luna is an Air Force veteran who served on active duty for five years as an airfield manager and also in the Air, Air National Guard. Uh, we have other people like uh, Derek Van Orden of Wisconsin, a retired Navy SEAL, served for 26 years. Uh, we got uh, Eli Crane of Arizona, Republican, Navy, former Navy SEAL, um, did uh, five tours uh, uh, overseas in Iraq and Afghanistan with SEAL Team 3. Uh, uh, Corey Mills of Florida, an Army veteran, survived an IED attack in 2006 in Iraq. Um, Rich McCormick, I got to go ahead and go through all of them, I guess. Rich McCormick, Republican from Georgia, former Marine. Uh, Representative-elect Zach Nunn of Iowa, Republican, Air Force veteran, flew nearly 1,000 combat flight hours during three deployments to Iraq and Afghanistan, mostly reconnaissance. Um, Don Davis, Democrat, North Carolina, Air Force Academy grad, was a mortuary officer. Ooh, wow, there's a job I wouldn't want, but uh, was a mortuary officer at Joint Base Andrews. Uh, Representative-elect Jeff Jackson, Democrat, North Carolina, major in the North Carolina Army National Guard's Judge Advocate General Corps, spent a year in, Af in Kandahar. Uh, Afghanistan. Uh, Nick LaLota, uh, Republican New York, Naval Academy grad, surface warfare officer for eight years. Brandon Williams, Republican New York, Navy veteran, nuclear submarine officer for five years. Uh, Max Miller, Republican Iowa, or excuse me, Ohio, a Marine Corps reservist, 
um, former aide to Donald Trump. Uh, Chris Deluzio, Democrat, Pennsylvania, Naval Academy grad, six years of service, touring Iraq. Uh, Representative-elect Keith Self, Republican, Texas, West Point grad, former Green Beret, served from 75 to 99, and then again called back to active duty in 2002 and three, uh, served in Afghanistan. And then Representative-elect uh, Morgan Luttrell. You may know him as being the brother of his twin brother of uh, Marcus Luttrell, uh, famous for Operation Red Wing, the uh, lone survivor. Um, anyway, Morgan Luttrell from Texas, Republican, uh, former Navy SEAL himself, medically discharged after suffering traumatic brain injury and spinal cords injuries in a helicopter crash. Um, and then J.D. Vance, Republican, Ohio, uh, former Marine Corps officer for four years with time in Iraq. That's just cool. All right, there, I ran through the whole list because once I got started, it's kind of like leaving somebody out with all the thank yous. You feel like you got to go <laughs> go through the whole list. But there they are. Uh, very cool, very awesome to see that the 118th Congress is coming in and is going to have 97 veterans. Uh, that should mean good things, I would hope, for veterans affairs issues. Now, who's not coming in? Happy to report that four members of the January 6th commission will not be returning. <laughs> anyway, and by the way, the January 6th commission itself won't be returning. All good news. Um, but yeah, so Representative Liz Cheney of Wyoming and Adam Kinzinger of uh, Illinois, and then Democrats uh, Elaine Luria of Virginia and Stephanie Murphy of Florida are all not returning, along with the January 6th commission not returning. Now, there was an article on Fox. Um, which one do I want here? I got a Red State article, too. Article on Red State. I'll do that one first. Article on Red State. I thought this was interesting. Red State, by the way, is a very partisan, conservative, right-wing news site. You can expect the commentary there to be a lot like this show. Headline here, hopefully the GOP-led House will find someone with a political spine like Nancy Pelosi. What? Well, kind of like what I said earlier, actually. And the, and the author even says, I'm sure some people reading the title are thinking, why would anybody writing at Red State have something complimentary to say about Nancy Pelosi? Well, he goes on to say, I don't like her policies at all. But he says that even with her ability to mess things up, she has one admirable quality that someone, anyone in the GOP leadership should try to emulate. He says she is simply not afraid to challenge her opponents to rip the power from her cold, dead, bony fingers to stop her getting her ideology-based legislation passed. Well, that's it. She was never afraid to do what she had to do for her cause. We've got to find some Republicans in the 118th to do the same. All right. That's about how far we're going to get on that one. Listen, we're going to take a phone call here in a few minutes. Uh, State Senator Lance Bell calling in. Friend of mine, just elected to the Alabama State Senate. We'll see what he has to say. Phil Williams, Right Side Radio. Y'all stay tuned. We'll be right back. 